Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello and welcome to CTN. To learn more about the show, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. And the topic for today is supporting business reinvention to alleviate global disruptions. So we had a global disruption and we are still living through it. And business leaders, of course, understand they are being empathetic, trying to help everyone involved. At the same time, they also need to make sure the growth agenda and sustainability and profitability agenda is not compromised. What does that mean? We need to, they are essentially looking to acquire new capabilities, doing M&A or doing things organically. They are even looking at fundamentally reimagining customer relationships so that they can attract the new ones and retain the existing ones. And then all along, they themselves are realizing that cybersecurity, which otherwise was looked at as a governance or an overhead or as a cost, that actually is taking a front seat so that we minimize risk while we control all the costs and, and maximize the outcome. So the, the topic here essentially is today how the IT and the security leaders are supporting this reimagining the business or business reinvention effort, which the business leaders want to spearhead. So for that, we have Ketan Pandit, CIO with QB Insurance North America. Hey, Ketan, how are you? I'm doing well, Sanjur. Glad to be here. Glad to you had to have you here as well. And we will have a rather interesting discussion because very Seldom do we hear business wants this, business is charged up, and IT needs to support it because most of the time IT lately has been seen as leading the charge. How does it feel to be in a situation where business says run faster and catch up with me? I think uh, it feels uh, great. I think in terms of where we are and uh, my own background or our Uh, team's background is uh, we were a little ahead of the curve, I would say, because a lot of people had experience in the industry and in consulting. So you were used to a fast-paced workplace. It took a time, a bit of time to actually change the cultural shift of the entire organization. But in terms of moving the organization forward, you know, uh, it's, it's great that IT has moved from a back office function to supplier to a partner and now what I call it uh, as a trusted advisor to the business. So overall, I think it's a great time for anyone in technology and data because all businesses, whether we like it or not, are going to be centered around technology, whether it's cloud, whether it's digital, whether it's you know various kinds of data and automation and so on and so forth. I think the best time to be in technology, in my opinion. So the good news is that you have the blessing and the support and business is saying, come help me, come be my partner. But then other environmental factors, like the example, the pandemic related disruption we faced and that created a cascading effect socially, economically, politically, you name it, which made things difficult for the business and to some extent to show outcomes the way you would have otherwise shown if business was usual. So let's let's look at 
what capabilities? Let's start the discussion. We're talking about the capabilities which a business would like to develop, not with business as usual, but because you have this disruption and there are many others looming and we don't know what next would come. Sure. So I think absolutely the pandemic has been an unfortunate reality for most of us, whether it's in our professional or personal lives, because you know, we are a global organization and having staff and partners and contractors all over the world. So obviously that's been you know time of adversity. We obviously support each other uh, in these times of adversity. But that being said, it has also created a huge opportunity, in my opinion, for how the business is going to pivot for the future. And what I mean by that is some of the you know, strategies that we had around technology, obviously centering uh, around the customer at the center of everything we do, and we want to grow profitably, being, being, being a simple mantra, that has actually you know, been accelerated. So what I mean by that is simple things where you know, we were forced to have you know, uh, nearly 100% of our workforce remote. Prior to the pandemic, we would not have had more than maybe 50% of the workforce who were catered to work uh, remotely. Uh, you know, that has been um, you know, uh, a simple thing which has been, been set into play and we've been uh, in uh, works for about uh, a year now uh, or a year plus. Things around you know, modernization, if you would, uh, with the advent of digital technologies. And what I mean by that is, you know, in insurance, we look at core policy admin, uh, administration, claims, uh, billing kind of uh, platforms, uh, moving it uh, off our, you know, on-premise solutions to mainframes, etc. has has been, um, you know, accelerated, if you would. There's been a big focus on automation, uh, both on the business side and on the technology side. That's been accelerated, uh, whether you look at, you know, business automation and claims in underwriting in um, financial uh, planning and analysis in our captive centers. The other aspect is a cloud first and an API oriented uh, approach with third parties. Uh, and we have a lot of them in insurance, whether it's agents, brokers, MGAs, TPAs, all of those. Uh, that, that's, that's been a big, big, big focus. And then security also due to regulations and others, you know, has been accelerated. So the way I look at it is, yes, uh, there was a slowdown uh, to start with when the pandemic started. A lot of focus was on, you know, getting the nuts and bolts, if you would, of the uh, remote and now the hybrid model with uh, collaboration, etc. And then partnering with, 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 with the businesses on moving the business forward with capabilities, which, you know, we would have invested in maybe five, six years from now. That's that that that's been brought forward. That's that's the way I would actually, you know, look at how uh, the pandemic has been impacting and how the plans for the future are to make it better for the business and the customer. So, if you were to abstract IT from this whole thing and let's talk for business as as a business conversation, your CEO says we need to build certain partnerships, certain in-house capabilities with respect to how we process claims or ABC, you know, I'm just trying to stay business for a second. Mm -hmm. But then that with the caveat that it can again have another major disruption. So 
when I come back or when I say, okay, this pandemic is about to be over and then let me go back and I take a sigh of relief and then start thinking the old ways and build capabilities the old ways. But because we had the old style capabilities, what created a major, you know, the disruption created a, had a major impact on us. So what about thinking about building business capability with resilience as the undertone while allowing the reliability and the relevance that you would give to business. You see where I'm going? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the way I would approach it is, um, A, is um, whether we like it or not, the business approach to resiliency or you know the way to approach the business is not going to be the same pre-March, even if you know things you know, come back to normal end of this year, 2022 or mid of this year, whichever way we look at it. The way we would approach things are look at the positives and the synergies that we were able to achieve while we were working in this, you know, so-called abnormal situation, if you would. How do we actually make use of what we learned during the time frame of this pandemic and both from a ways of working being agile, whether it's being remote, being having a hybrid model, whichever way we took it, and having you know technology at the center of it is 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 going to be very key. So, in in my opinion, I think uh, when we look at the future, it's going to be a hybrid. It's going to be a mix of what we used to do, you know, in terms of capabilities, whether it's you know you know as you said, build 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 our own capabilities versus buying for the marketplace, etc. And um, the future that I look at it is going to be uh, something very, very different. It's not going to be the same pre-March. It's obviously not going to be the way it has been for the last one year. It's going to be a hybrid mixture of both. In terms of resiliency, I think, you know, most of the organizations were taken off guard by what happened in the pandemic. You know, the concept of BCM or business continuity management planning and, you know, was, you know, was there, but it was very minimal. You had a little bit of disaster recovery, and obviously from a technology standpoint, which existed uh, year on year in terms of uh, planning. But uh, the pandemic has really taught us that we need to have a resilient organization. And then you have the regulatory uh, aspects, which is with, you know, in the U.S., it's with New York Department of Financial Services, California Consumer Protection Act, and, you know, things with GDPR in Europe, which are also uh, somehow trying to weave in the aspect around you know having some kind of resiliency so so that to me is 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 definitely going to be a serious focus uh, versus a nice to have uh, from the past so if you keep the disruptions as a focal point and you were to build capabilities whether technology driven people driven process driven with partners and internally and with customers, whatever that capability ends up being, how would you ensure that they are, uh, what should I use the word here? They're nimble. They are, if another turbulence comes, it still stays integrated. It may bend a little, but it will not break. Yeah, I think um, the good news is even... uh... In, at least for us, in, in this current pandemic, things did not break the way uh, we thought it would, you know, when lightning struck us in March and April last year. A is, I think, um, you know, 
when there is a big problem i think uh, you need to break it into much smaller parts which can be nimble and can be executed so that starts around our ways of working and approaching the marketplace whether it's you know uh, when we talk about agile we talk about it just from a project standpoint but the the ways of working itself is changed and is going to change even further where you have smaller nimbler teams which are close to the customer geographically dispersed but you know taking the path forward for the business similarly if you look at large monolithic programs on technology i think those uh, will soon be a thing of the past because you'll have to provide incremental value to your employees to customers to brokers to agents and that to me is 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 something which is a big change from the past uh, where you know used to have large monolithic you know 100 200 300 million dollar programs which is not going to be robust at the same time it takes a lot of time uh, and you lose the agility so so that definitely is 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 going to here is is here to stay whether we have another pandemic or don't or uh, you know we continue business as is for me that's that that's something which is uh, a big change to the approach from a people and a process standpoint and obviously technology uh, jumped leaps and bounds with the various choices that we have with uh, digital and cloud and other pieces so all of these three things make it it's 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 it, it, it's going to make for an exciting future now should there be a benchmark because we used to have different benchmarks of what is good what's excellent and what is good enough how would you change or how would you reimagine or rethink those benchmarks so that we are future fit we are future resilient we are future ready so the way i would play it is you know absolutely there have to be benchmarks and the the key is having benchmarks which will move with time and situation right because if you have a benchmark which is you know uh, which was which was pre pandemic and you use it during the pandemic and for the future i don't think that's going to be uh, relevant because the marketplace has changed your customer profiles have changed your brokers approach have changed and your employees approaches have changed so to me i think that's an evolving topic if you would obviously there are you know the basic benchmarks around profitability growth customer retention you know you know some of the cost reduction etc those things are going to stay but how we approach those and then break it down into smaller parts by different lines of businesses is 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 going to be very different for the future let's take a quick break listeners we'll be right back and ketan when we come back let's talk about the gaps in your own department's capability and inability to acquire those capabilities which would pose a constraint is there any number one if it is because in the situation that we are in it's not over yet and even in future if we have a situation or a disruption it will again could be a debilitating factor do you yeah. say you know what i'm helpless or do you say i'll have a way to figure it out and what how will you deal with that those set of constraints which are not uh in self imposed but something which is out of your control in sometimes but the business has to go on and you have to support business no matter what what should be the positioning and the mindset of a technology leader or a security leader so that business never hears you as someone 
who is asked to who's being asked to drive the vehicle but doesn't know how to hold the steering please stay tuned listeners we'll be right back Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN. CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIOTalkNetwork.com. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Ketan, traditionally, CIOs were supposed to do more with less or sometimes more with nothing. Nothing new, right? So, you're used to that. And then comes this pandemic where while you may have those other constraints, and yes, business might be a little more generous because they understand, but there may be some other constraints which are outside of your control. But at the same time, they'll say, we pay you a million bucks, Ketan. You got to figure it out. And you do not really have an answer to it. How are you guys in your role, you and your counterparts in other companies, even dealing with that? So I think um, you absolutely hit the nail on the wall. Uh, it's always about, you know, do more with less. You know, that's been the mantra. Has the pandemic impacted the way we operate? And, you know, uh, absolutely it does. Uh, the way I would look at it is in terms of the approach, right? That 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 is key. I think having the leadership teams in your organization who have open mindset, I think is, is, is very, very critical. Also having the right ecosystem of partners and the right balance of insourcing versus outsourcing is something that, you know, uh, has, we've, we've been taught a lesson and there are some scars obviously, right? Because, you know, you tend to concentrate only on cost in certain areas. So the way I think the future will Pay, you know, pan out and we've already on the path there is to have the right optimal mix of resourcing, especially in the pandemic, if you have a large concentration of resources in a particular geography, which is impacted. And if you don't have enough uh, people to support the business, absolutely, that that's going to be a disaster. So having geographically dispatched teams, but also having partners, right? who have geographic presence all over the world with the kinds of skills which are required is absolutely pertinent. The other piece is when we look at agile and being close to the business, I see a lot of focus on some bit of insourcing, especially in insurance companies and banking, because I think uh, the pendulum had swung way too far and that uh, hurt the business. Right? Obviously, it helped in the cost with labor arbitrage, and other aspects, but uh, I, I don't see that going away. But at the same time, there is a big focus on getting a lot of insourcing back, having some resources closer to the businesses in the geographic locations versus being geographically dispersed. And then having the vendors who have large disparate ge geographic presence is, is, is something which is, is pretty helpful in uh, ensuring that there's resiliency for the business. And uh, 
we don't come up as you said in your question is okay we pay you x million dollars for technology and uh, you can't say that all business is going to get stopped because of the pandemic now you mentioned about you know uh, the capabilities the insourcing and outsourcing and and that is basically operationalized capabilities right already and now you're trying to find the cost arbitrage and trying to make it leaner if you will mm-hmm. let's go back to the business reinvention part because it has to rethink i know fundamentally insurance company will not start doing healthcare but yeah. within insurance there would be some reinvention required not only for the sake of okay i need to insulate myself from disruption but also to continue to reinvent so that you continue to grow and stay ahead so if keeping business reinvention in the focus while you're dealing with constraints do you say no to your business because say hey you want me to buy you a ferrari but i don't have the funds or the capabilities to buy you a buggy cart yeah so i think great question so the way i would look at it is you know uh, a is it's a matter of educating the business and that's a continuous process so when you are in technology it's not always about bits and bytes and servers and cloud and those kind of things but educating the business around what are the capabilities that can enable the business help them grow profitably and keeping the customer at the center of whatever you do i think those basic tenets and principles should be there now that being said it's it's easier said than done uh, i think the 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 the, the largest aspect from a business perspective is how do you actually show incremental value to the business right so for example and i'll just give an example here is whenever we look at a large it programs we say okay it's going to cost 100 200 300 million dollars and we'll you know change the rip out the engine and you know taking an analogy of a car uh, and and the battery and and we'll build a new ferrari for you blah 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 right so so that's the typical approach in the past but rather if you actually approach and partner with the business that everything we do with a agile mind frame is going to be incremental value right so you build a basic tenet around a system or a particular ecosystem and then incrementally you add to it so that you derive value so you know building the you know uh pilot if you would uh with 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 uh, the value which it provides the business which would not be hundreds of millions of dollars and having the business also change the mindset that you know you won't get everything you want day one but uh, you know you build upon the incremental value of systems and technologies that that you bring in that's that's something which is very important second is what i have seen very very often even prior to the pandemic is that if you show the business that there are true savings and what i mean by that is say if you have say 50 policy administration systems just to make up for the sake of this conversation and maybe 15 of them are simple to decommission and move on to an existing platform while you build your you know large uh, modern platform if you consolidate them and show a saving of 3 million dollars for you know a spend of million dollars that goes a long way and i have seen that personally work very effectively and then the businesses are ready to invest uh, for the future similarly when we talk about you know from a technology standpoint an api oriented approach i would say that uh, you know when you look at claims we've got like 
large amounts of external vendor partners that we have supposed to onboard, whether it's for glass, whether it's for total loss, whether it's for uh, you know inspection and so on and so forth. In the past, it used to take anywhere between three to four months to just get on a new vendor because of the limitation of technologies. But when we went to the business and said, okay, you spent, I'm just making it up, $300,000. And instead of taking you know, three months, we can get it done in a week, right? Uh, because of, you know, the change in technology, the modern technologies that are available uh, with uh, API frameworks, whether it's in the cloud or, you know, things, uh, many, 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 many partners that we look at. And guess what? We were able to do that now in about um, four hours. So four months, what is four hours in, in a span of a year? I think that goes a long way in a tel- uh, you know in in the business actually sharing these stories with their other counterparts in the businesses who want to look at technology solutions and the way we approach it so break, breaking a large problem into small parts but having the business value is something which is uh, the key focus the other aspect is you know automation is here to stay so i think uh, you know you whether it's on the business side or on the technology side you know, looking at those opportunities short term and obviously for the long term are things which would help in moving the business forward, moving the needle forward and, you know, breaking these barriers, if you will. So, Ketan, like based on your discussions with your business leaders, they say, I want the moon. You say, no, sorry, I cannot give you the moon. I can give you somewhere in between. And that's what you promise. But once you deliver... They say, you know what? I know I did not ask for the moon, but I did not want what you're giving me either. Do you have to go through this negotiation match because they're thinking reinvention and if, if, if what you give is not meeting that expectation, like we're creating benchmarks for how our systems run, I'm assuming there is some benchmark that businesses are setting up to say, this is the level of reinvention or something new that we put out there is what they call reinvention. So are we disappointing them? Are we seen as naysayers? How do we prevent that and still give them something which is realistic? So A is, I think that's that's the way the culture was. I think today it's quite different because uh, obviously you can't give everything that they want because uh, you know there is a there's there, there there's a finite limitation on time and resources and dollars, right? So so keeping that into account, what we have done is you know A is you look at partners in insurtechs, uh, which, you know, uh, can do some things faster. At the same time, you know, we have a smaller pocket of innovation hubs that you create where you can do some experiments with the business because that would not take, you know, the large monolithic uh, periods of time. And if those experiments are successful, some may fail. You say fail fast and move forward. Some you actually uh, take a risk-based approach and move into for the future. There are going to be some disappointments because you can't keep everyone happy all the time. But having that multi-pronged approach to technology or you know multi-modal IT as you would, where you have an innovation hub, you look at insurtech partners in certain aspects, and then obviously go the traditional route. That's, in my opinion, something which has worked successful in our partnership with the business. The other aspect is from a mindset standpoint, I think, you know, a lot of technology companies were all about, or technology departments were all about buy, buy, sorry, build, 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 right? So having the mindset of borrow before you buy, before you build, 
actually goes a long way. And what I mean by that is, you know, you've got multiple divisions or geographical units within the company. So if something exists, you know, you know, if 30%, 40% of the solution exists, then we can borrow it and then customize it for our businesses. Second is, you know, look for solutions which are available, whether it's, you know, commercially available off-the-shelf products or insurtech partners. And last solution, obviously, with certain of the cloud aspects, you can also look to build. So, so that's that's the kind of approach, you know, Sanjog, that uh, we've uh, taken a look at. And and to be honest, you know, quite quite successful. Uh, obviously, it didn't start successfully, but there have been scars, and you you learn, right? I think the key is having the right mindset to have a culture of continuous improvement in the mindset, the thought not just from a technology standpoint, and then you can move the needle, in, in my opinion. So one is to think, okay, this is what we do. And yes, customers may have moved with their mindset a little bit. Pandemic may have shaken them in different ways. So they may be thinking differently. They may have different benchmarks or expectations. But another is to sit in the customer shoes. So sitting in the customer's shoes, if you are going to ask them, what do you want? And I'm assuming that exercise may have already happened. What are they saying they want differently? And based on that, what are we doing or your organization doing to rethink how customers' relationships should be started and nurtured so that whatever you do to serve them eventually ends up hitting the cord, which keeps them around, which keeps your business afloat. So that's, that's, that's absolutely a great question. And I don't think uh, many companies, including us have cracked the puzzle hundred percent, right? Because if you look at insurance companies, traditionally uh, they were all focused on the product versus the customer. It's just in the last three to four years, and I'm, this is uh, I'm talking more around commercial and specialty lines of insurance. Personal lines, slightly different story. I think that shift or pivot to having a customer-oriented strategy has changed quite a lot. So what I mean by that is your business strategy itself was pro- it was was focused on okay, here's the product we want to sell, uh, whether it's you know a liability product or a product for say inland marine or for uh, for uh, uh, management liability professional lines you name it right so that was the approach in the past versus what does the customer really like yes obviously they would like a you know a good balanced uh, price in the product but at the same time there are lots of things around service right whether it's around claims whether it's around underwriting support whether it's around billing so those aspects are our paradigm shifts, and and that's something which both us and the businesses are uh, taking a look at. Second is in non-personal lines customers, right? Personal lines are basically your home and auto, right? So that's something which is becoming commodity, traditional stuff. But if you look at business insurance, profit, you know, professional lines, accident and health, you know, trade credit, uh, there are commercial insurance and so on and so forth. It's it's slightly different. So out there, you know, you have to pivot your strategy, not just on your end customer, but, you know, a lot of the business that we do is with the brokers and the agents and, you know, they become a pseudo customer, if you would. So having those dialogues and uh, clear cut uh, 
partnerships with them where we look at all of the pain points that exist today and what they want versus what we want and then coming out with the middle ground i think those things have taken center stage in my opinion and then the technology evolves around it if you would let's take a quick break listeners we'll be right back and let's talk about the very people who make this all happen so yes business says i want the moon you don't deliver the moon at the leadership level you do something you get your people involved then there are business users and then there are partners these are if you think about the real internal customers if they're happy your external customer is happy what has been done as part of this business reinvention exercise to also rethink and reimagine how you will take care of these internal people and and partners and and employees if you will so that they help you realize that business reinvention dream please stay tuned listeners we'll be right back Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at ciotalknetwork.com You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, our people are to be treasured our people have to be taken care of if you take care of your people they take care of the organization you and i have heard so many of those you know uh, things that people say leaders say how much of that is being practiced but even beyond that how are we reinventing that aspect because people got impacted there could be more disruptions they never expected it their personal lives were shaken So yes we are showing empathy etc but as we move forward how is that part being reimagined so that your other brain business reinvention initiatives really blossom so absolutely i think um, you know it's it's been quite a tough time for most of the people in some form shape right whether it's being impacted directly by the pandemic indirectly by the pandemic or you know being remote for an extended period of nearly a year uh, makes it uh, pretty uh, tough so i think um, uh, not 100% crack the puzzle but absolutely we as a company believe in our people uh, being at the uh, center of uh, what we want to achieve right because without that we will not be you know where we are or we can't look forward to the future uh that being said i think uh, many things that you know we 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 looked at in the pandemic and and for the future in a way to motivate people in a way to take things forward obviously there are a lot of partnerships with external firms and with our hr partners to ensure that you know not just the mental health but physical health of people during the pandemic was uh, taken care of and i ob- absolutely with empathy at the center of 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 what we do but even for the future i think it's going to be a mixed bag where uh, 
there is a large subsegment of the employees who like the current setup and have been productive even though you know they have been remote and there is a segment which absolutely wants to get back uh, to work right so so step 1 is we are trying to take an approach uh, where you listen to the employees obviously look at you know how the results and the outcomes uh, pan out and then slowly have the return to work policy where you know it's not going to be you know uh, uh, all or none that exists or existed in the past or during the pandemic it's going to be somewhere uh, in the middle secondly there have been lot of training programs uh, that we have put in play for uh, our employees for the future because you know you have to reinvent yourself as you rightfully said and that requires an investment from the company in training so there are a lot of uh, and not just for the technology uh, people but also for the businesses there's been a lot of focus that we have put on during the pandemic and for the future on the ways of working for the future specific technology elements or concepts that that people can learn that's that's number 2 third is obviously supporting our people with um, you know flexibility right having the flexible mindset uh, that's that that's three fourth is you know if you look at the workforce as such right uh, the workforce for the future having a lot of new talent uh, which is uh, which we which we are trying to infuse in because you know many of the folks who've been in the industry Uh, or been in uh, in the middle management for a long time have a certain viewpoint on things right and the way you approach uh, how uh, the things are being looked at i think having the next wave of the millennials joining the workforce uh, that actually reflects something of our customer base too for the future so so those are the areas where we have focused and we plan to focus more for the future but obviously you know the support for the employees and and the mindset being the right place uh, is is of paramount importance so having the flexibility having the empathy uh, will will obviously be there but you know providing the platforms for existing employees and then having the new set of employees join in would be something that would add to the future so what you did was of course you know as as you may have discussed are there any specific asks from the employees so that not only do they feel satisfied that you're taking care of them but that would actually move them over the fence where they actively supporting and become a catalyst for business reinvention yeah so great question and uh, actually that's something uh, you know we start we, so so originally the way we started was you know what many of the companies might have done is look at surveys on a very regular basis so prior to the pandemic it used to be once or twice a year but what happened during the pandemic is you know the frequency of those surveys uh increased drastically to every couple of months to an extent where some of the employees said okay that's survey fatigue so we decided to have it once a quarter now what came out of the surveys was okay we ask people how they feel get the pulse but the key aspect which all of the employees a large majority said is okay you are asking us these questions what do you plan to do about it right so making them part of the solution we came up with multiple focus groups and very small focus groups right so and and not looking at 100 things to solve so look at the top 3 things where we want to focus on how we want to uh, organize for the future in smaller teams right how do we want to uh, look at 
small uh, nimble aspects in the business that would move the needle in the interim while we move on with a large modernization journey for the future is the other aspect the way i like to think about it and give an analogy is you need to eat while you think so eating for me is some of the tactical stuff with the you know smaller f- focus groups to meet you know interim business priorities and thinking is something that we look at it from a strategic standpoint with large modernization larger investments for the future i'm not sure if that helps but that's my analogy and and people are liking based on what you've seen the kind of activities that you're doing people are opening up and telling this is what we want and if you are showing them that yes we are working towards it or at least you show signs that you are you've taken some measurable steps towards it you see that they are actually stepping up and say yes we may have had issues personally but we are out of our survival mode or even if you have something going on at home but we would not jeopardize the business reinvention agenda absolutely right because a is the key is you see uh, let me put it this way right not not at any point of time everyone is not going to be happy about the situation about the company about the strategy you know that's 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 that that's a given you can't keep uh, 10000 people workforce happy all the time all all 10000 of them right so the way i have found it very useful is if you actually listen to the employees empathize with them absolutely but at the same time show that you you do mean business you you do want to make changes but you can't do all the changes at one given point of time pick pick the top 3 priorities right and make them part of the solution versus okay we are going to do it to you versus you are part of the solution and here's how it you know is going to make it better for the business in reality it's going to make it better for you because a growing profitable company is good for the employees right so making them part of the solution and picking two or three things to what people have said you know if it makes business sense and communicating effectively and more frequently has been uh 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 um you know in hindsight a good thing because in the past we would not have had those many communication channels that frequently versus what we have seen in the last year year and a half so so to me i think those subtle changes simple changes have also definitely helped with the mindset of employees but as i said not everyone is going to be happy all the time but if a large majority are 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 seeing the value that it adds to the business to the customers to the employees i think uh, there is acceptance that, that that that's been my experience let's talk about security i know you may have a <clears throat> security leader in your organization who has prime responsibility but then at the same time somewhere or the other security is now supposed to become a line item in each even it project that you do and which requires that there is a blessing from the top there is affinity towards saying yes security first approach or security first posture that is developed mm-hmm. where do you see because earlier it was always a battle right and then they said okay security is an overhead or or other types of issues so people were not willing to put in the investment and the time and energy to make that posture come come alive where do you see you guys are as a company and what did it take for the business leaders to volunteer embracing the security first posture is it something you had to do while working alongside in partnership with your security leader or did themselves woke up 
Sure, I think uh, so. That that's that's a good question, and I would say yes. Yes, I have a security leader who has a you know a, a line into my organization, and also a line into the you know we are a global company, so the global CISO, if you would, who is a peer of mine. Absolutely, I think um, the, it's the pandemic has helped security in a bit from an investment standpoint. But even prior to that, right? I would go back to two thousand seventeen. Is when you know the amount of phishing attacks, to make it simple, and a lot of the uh, security issues started hitting home, even in our company, right? Uh, just like many others, uh, that along with a lot of the regulations which came in, whether it was in the U.S., it's New York Department of Financial Services, the laws in South Carolina, Cal- California Consumer Protection Act, the European businesses we have is with GDPR and being an Australian domicile headquartered company with APRA, which is the Australian Prudential Regulatory Authorities, they started passing regulations and making it stringent, which you know not only pushed our businesses but also the boards to actually take a different view at security. So that definitely helped. Second is you know we had, as you said uh, rightly, the investment was very minimal. That helped us put a security roadmap, uh, whether it is around you know threat intelligence, whether it's around uh, data loss prevention, whether it's around uh, you know uh, micro segmentation into our uh, processes. Right. Second is every program or project that we were doing, we ensured that uh, there is obviously like an infrastructure and architecture component, there has to be a viewpoint of security even before you start the project. You go through the life cycle of the project, and when you end the project, when you go into BAU, there has to be a you know a, a focus, right? So we started on that journey, if you would, in mid late 2018, if you would. What the pandemic did was uh, uh, it has actually expedited because the number of sophisticated phishing attacks and other attacks which start, we, we started seeing were 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 crazy right so so that also helped in some of the investments in security and now that we see around you know the whole thing around ransomware and other aspects we have a standing agenda in most of the business review meetings uh, along with the board meetings around security posture around what we are doing in security and where the gaps are and where all we need investments right so are we there yet absolutely not are we in a better position than where we were in 2017 and 18 Absolutely. So, so it's a mix, if you would, uh, Sanjog, that we've, we've, we've taken a path. And again, it's, it's, it's a continuous uh, mindset into security is what I would say, where uh, we have uh, uh, taken the organization, absolutely a lot to do, uh, where we want to move to zero trust, if you would. But there is, there is definitely a huge focus as well as a mindset from the businesses, because, you know, there is, uh, this, this is, this is not something which may happen and we are being paranoid about it, but uh, they, they are seeing it real time and the boards are seeing it real time. And that, 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 that's where uh, it helps us from an investment standpoint in security. All right. Last question for you, 30 seconds. Even heroes like you, the CISOs, the CIOs, I consider you guys heroes because you are navigating through this haze and still making things happen. Where do you need help? Because even heroes need help. Absolutely. So I think uh, <laughs> where we need help absolutely is uh, you know the right investment at the right time. 
and being practical about what we can achieve uh, a b is you know more training and and investment in the people uh, for sure and the third is i would say that uh, continuing this path where technology is not a back office function but at the table to make the decisions for the business along with the business is something that uh, uh, i would definitely love to take forward the way it, it's improved but to take it even further is something that would be great for the customers for the brokers for the agents for our employees basically once again thank you so much ketan for sharing your insights about how <clears throat> organizations can do business reinvention technology and security leaders can support it and do it so so that we can be prepared to handle what we are dealing with today as disruption and for the time uh, in future thanks so much thank you appreciate it and listeners please like us on social media subscribe to our podcast once again thank you for listening to ctn this is your host sanjog all signing off till next week take care and god bless Thank you for tuning in to CTN CIO Talk Network with your host Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments or questions, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.